Of course, the um, high point of many mind tech symposium for, uh, for, for many people is, is uh, Dan Freeman talking about virtual reality technology and, and the work he's done, which has been kind of outstanding over the last few years, particularly as he published work that's proven uh, the benefits of VR for all sorts of different interventions. You're talking about for all sorts of different conditions, rather. You're talking today about fear of heights and an RCT that you conducted with an NNT of 1.3, was it? Exactly right, yeah. <laughs> and you said, we don't need the evidence here because actually you can tell straight away when you, you do this intervention for people. So tell us a bit about that trial, first of all. Yeah, so we did the fear of heights uh, really to prove something. And the thing we wanted to prove is that you could automate the delivery of really high quality therapy uh, in virtual reality. So virtual reality is great because I think it gets the heart of some of the best treatments, which is about changing how you think, feel, and behave in real-life situations. And VR, you put the headset on, you're much more willing to do it because you know it's not real, and yet the learning you make transfers to the real world. But we wanted to add in a virtual therapist, so you don't have to have a skilled therapist uh, to deliver the treatment. You put the headset on, and you get coached through it. Um, we did a fear of heights because it's common, but also because if you show it to other people, even if they don't have a fear of heights, they kind of understand the, uh, the feelings associated with being near these kind of ledges and things. Um, and, you know, it works, it works brilliantly, I have to say, and we, we did some before and after videos, and ev- everyone we did it with, we can show those videos because the effects are great. The average reduction is 68%. And, of course, we did all the right stats. We had multiple statisticians and, you know a priori statistical plans already but 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 the data is one where you can just see it because it's so dramatic in the shift it's also a condition where the control group are very stable so you see this dramatic change in in the people who had just two hours of the vr therapy but really we're doing this because we think you can automate the provision of um lots of really good psychological therapies using vr and in that way reach many more people with the treatments. We still very much need therapists, and people, some people prefer therapists, although some people do not prefer therapists. Uh, but I think in terms of really increasing access, this is another way that we can do it. I think IAP's been great, um, really changed things, and I think this is another way to push things on as well. So you're now focusing on a really difficult patient group, difficult in the sense that they suffer from all sorts of issues with social deprivation and poverty and inequalities and discrimination, people living with psychosis, and also you know, difficult because we don't have very effective, safe treatments for that group. How are you applying VR to that patient group? That's a group I've always loved working with uh, for the last 20 years. And, but you're right, I mean, often we're dealing people with people with complex problems and many problems. Um, it might be feeling paranoid or hearing voices or being social anxious and depressed or all, all, all manner of, of mental health difficulties often prevalent in this group, at least of those attending services. Um, but there's, I think, a common problem here. All these sorts of problems, voices or paranoia, for example, or social anxiety, they lead to people feeling anxious in everyday social situations and then they withdraw from life as you do when you have a a fear you tend to avoid and end up staying at home um, and retreating from the world and actually even going out to the liquor shop can sometimes be an ordeal and a battle for too many of our patients so actually in some ways like the fear fear of heights treatment we want to help people learn that they are safe and they really can cope and we're doing that through the automated vr so we've working with the brilliant McFin- McPin Foundation to get lots of patient feedback. In the last six months, we had over 500 hours of patient feedback into the design of the treatment. And the scenarios we've got, a, 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 a cafe, a pub, a newsagent, a bus, a street scene, and a GP surgery, common everyday situations that our patients often 
are struggling with and avoiding. And we have these different scenarios. We're building up grades of difficulty within them um, to enable people with what we think will be a six-session treatment to re-engage with these situations in the virtual world because we know if we can do that, it will transfer to the real world. And how will it fit in with conventional management of their condition? Well, I think it's... I think with people with psychosis, you know, you will need, uh, as you do now, a team of people providing different ranges of support. It's part of the picture, but it's certainly not all of it. Because, of course, once you've got people re-engaging with everyday social situations, there's lots more that they want to do as well. You know, it might be voluntary work or real or paid work. Um, there's lots more that services will need to do. It's not about replacing services at all. It's just really focusing on one of a real troublesome issue for patients with psychosis and one I think if you can help ease can really make a difference to people's lives. You started your presentation with a picture of 2001 Space Odyssey and a little video of Hal saying uh, I'm sorry Dave I'm afraid I can't do that and you pulled the same face as uh, as Dave and you said that's how you, digital technology used to make you feel you don't have that face anymore. No, no, it's funny. Actually, I, even before VR, I, I did some computer tests, my PhD and things, and, and when I stopped that, I kind of swore never used tech again because you'd spend ages testing someone and at the end you'd press the save button and it would crash. <laughs> and I swore to go to paper and pencil. Um, but um, I'm pleased I haven't um, because VR, when I first started in 2001, you, know, you needed a lot of special support, but actually these days it is pretty much a consumer kit now you can actually take these headsets out of the box and set it up yourself and run it um, which is extraordinary compared to where we were headsets maybe 20 to 30 thousand pounds worth of equipment had in lab years ago uh, the current consumer kit for 500 pounds is just as good in fact better so um, the investment of facebook and google and sony and all those companies has transformed vr plus the software so it enables it potentially to be used successfully in clinics and I think even later I think possibly in people's homes. So how do you see this going in five or ten years? Do you see this as, a, as an intervention that people could do independently from a health team in their own home? I think for some people I think at this stage because people don't really have VR at home I think it's something that people probably will come into clinics but and then there's an interesting question about which which people of the, of the NHS workforce might want to take on those kind of roles um, from patients and that's We've had a lot of, so with, with MindTech, we're doing a lot of the implementation and, and the patients we've been speaking to uh, are very keen on peer support workers and just delivering it. And I think that's incredibly exciting. I think that would be a really good thing to do. Um, and in the end, I think you probably want some choice there. I think some people do want the contact with the person. They'll need it for assessment. They need it for crisis and all the complexity of life. But at particular moments, borrowing a headset or coming into a clinic to, to, to do it, I think makes a lot of sense. Thanks a lot for talking to me. Pleasure.